section twenty six of the star chamber volume one by w harrison ainsworth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org read by ruhi huck the star chamber volume one by w harrison ainsworth chapter twenty six the forged confession some little time had elapsed since aveline's departure on her sorrowful errand and sir thomas lake was still alone and once more deeply engrossed in the consideration of the document which it will be recollected had occasioned him so much disquietude and the feeling by no means diminished when the usher entered and announced lady lake severe and inflexible as we have described him the secretary of state was generally yielding enough towards his lady of whom he stood in great awe and whom he treated with the utmost deference but on this occasion contrary to habitude he received her very coldly and without rising he motioned her to a seat beside him disregarding the want of attention which under other circumstances she would have resented lady lake took the seat indicated without remark and continued silent till the usher had retired then turning quickly towards her husband and fixing an inquiring look upon him she said in a low voice what think you of this document sir thomas this forgery he rejoined in the same tone but without raising his eyes towards her ay this forgery if you choose to call it so she returned let me have your opinion upon it is it as it should be are its expressions such as would be used by a guilty woman like the countess imploring pity and seeking to shield herself from disgrace do you find fault with it can it be amended in any particular i find such grave fault with it replied the secretary of state still without looking up that i would amend it by casting it to the flames lady lake it is my duty to warn you this is a fearful crime you would commit and severely punishable by the law you may excuse it to yourself because you have an end in view which seems to justify the means but the excuse will not avail you with others you have said that in a conflict with one so cunning and unscrupulous as our noble son-in-law you are compelled to fight him with his own weapons to meet trick with trick manoeuvre with manoeuvre but take my word for it you would more easily defeat him by straightforward means be ruled by me in this one instant abandon a scheme which must inevitably lead to consequences i shudder to contemplate and let this fabricated confession be destroyed give it to me she cried snatching the paper from him you were ever timid sir thomas and if you had not lacked courage this expedient would not have been necessary odious and dangerous as it is the measure is forced upon me and i shall not shrink from it but you shall not be called upon to play any part in the transaction i alone will do it i alone will be responsible for all that may ensue we shall all be responsible he rejoined you will not only ruin yourself but all your family if this fearful step be taken hitherto we have had right on our side but henceforth we shall be more culpable than the others i am resolved upon the course cried lady lake and all your arguments all your warnings will not dissuade me from it so you may spare your breath sir thomas as you see i have omitted the charge of witchcraft 
and have only made the countess confess her criminality with lord roos and of this we have had abundant proofs nay we should have them all if those condemnatory letters of hers which had come into our possession had not been stolen that mischance necessitates the present measure having managed to deprive us of our weapons lord roos thinks himself secure but he will find his mistake when this document is produced to confound him i tremble at the thought groaned the secretary of state those fears are worse than womanish exclaimed his lady shake them off and be yourself who is to prove that the confession proceeds not from the countess not she herself since no one will believe her lord roos for he will be equally discredited nor diego for his testimony would be valueless the countess's handwriting has been so skilfully imitated that the falsification cannot be detected compare it with this note written by herself to lady roos and which though it proves nothing has so far answered my purpose compare i say the writing of the confession and the signature with this note and declare if you can discern any difference between them as to the signatures of lord roos and diego affixed to the document they are equally well simulated that the forgery is skilfully executed i do not deny replied the secretary of state and that circumstance though it does not lessen the crime may lessen the chance of detection since nothing i can urge will turn you from your design and you are determined to employ this dangerous instrument at least be cautious in its use terrify lord roos with it if you choose threaten to lay it before the earl of exeter before the king himself in case of your son-in-law's non-compliance with your demands but beware how you proceed further do not part with it for a moment so that if need me you may deny it do you heed me my lady i do sir thomas she replied be assured i will act with due caution i am glad to find you are coming round to my views and are disposed to countenance the measure i countenance it exclaimed the secretary of state in alarm no such thing i disapprove of it entirely and cannot sufficiently reprehend it but as i well know when you have once made up your mind the fiend himself cannot turn you from your purpose i give you the best counsel i can under the circumstances i wash my hands of it altogether would to heaven i had never been consulted upon it never even been acquainted with the project however as you have gone so far with me you may go a step further and let me know what story you mean to attach to this confession how will you feign to have obtained it the statement i shall make will be this and it will be borne out by many corroborative circumstances that it will be impossible to contradict it you observe that the document is dated on the 10th of april last it is not without reason that it is so dated on that day i and our daughter lady roos attended by her maid sarah swarton proceeded to the earl of exeter's residence at wimbledon for the purpose of having an interview with the countess and then we saw her in the presence of lord roos and his servant diego but you gained nothing by the journey remarked her husband your pardon sir thomas she rejoined i gained this confession on the way back i reflected upon what had occurred and i thought how flushed with triumph i should have been if instead of meeting with discomfiture i had gained my point if i had brought the haughty countess to her knees had compelled her to write out and sign a full avowal of her guilt 
coupled with supplications for forgiveness from my injured daughter and myself and as a refinement of revenge had forced lord roos and his servant to attest by their signatures the truth of the confession i thought of this and incensed that i had not done it resolved it should be done an ill resolve muttered her husband in lake luke hatton our apothecary i had the man for my purpose pursued lady lake aware of this marvellous talent for imitating any writing he pleased aware also that i should entirely rely upon him i resolved to call in his aid impudent woman you have placed yourself wholly in his power groaned sir thomas suppose he should betray the terrible trust you have reposed in him he will not betray it replied lady lake he is too deeply implicated in the matter not to keep silence for his own sake but to proceed the document such as you see it was drawn out by myself and transcribed by luke hatton and the writing so admirably counterfeited that lady exeter herself may well doubt if it be not her own then as to the circumstances they will all bear me out we were known to have been at wimbledon on the day in question we were known to have had an interview with lady exeter at which lord roos and diego were present the interview was private and therefore no one can tell what took place at it but the probabilities are that what i shall assert really did occur sir thomas signified his assent and she went on the plot is well contrived and with prudent management cannot fail of success we have the time of the supposed occurrence the actors in it and the scene for i shall describe the particular room in which the interview really did take place and i shall further bring forward sarah swarton who will declare that she was concealed behind the hangings and heard the countess read over the confession before she signed it another party to the affair and a woman ejaculated sir thomas the dangers of discovery are multiplied a hundredfold the danger exists only in your imagination said his lady come admit sir thomas that the scheme is well contrived and that they must be cunning indeed if they escape from the meshes i have woven for them you have displayed ingenuity enough i am free to own if it had been directed to a better end but in the best contrived scheme some flaw is ever found which is sure to mar it you can detect no flaw in this i am persuaded sir thomas if you can let me know it nay it is only when too late that such things are found out the supposed armour of proof is then found wanting in some vital point however i will say no more he observed perceiving her impatience what is done cannot be undone have you prepared our daughter will she consent to aid you she will replied lady lake i had some difficulty with her at first but i found means to overrule her scruples and she consented at last to act as i desired provided all other means failed of accomplishing the object in view and they have failed since we have lost those letters for though i have one other proof left which might perhaps be adduced i do not attach much importance to it what is it inquired sir thomas quickly you shall know anon she answered suffice it i have done all i could to avoid having recourse to the present measure and have delayed its execution to the last moment but that proof of which you were speaking cried sir thomas let me hear it the necessity of this dangerous proceeding i do not think so but you shall judge last night our daughter and myself obtained secret admittance to lord roos's chamber and we found the countess there and fainting in his arms why that is enough to convict them you know nothing more 
hear me to an end and you will change your opinion placing the inanimate countess on a couch and covering her face with a handkerchief lord roos had the effrontery to assert that we were mistaken insisting that it was not for lady exeter we beheld but her handmaiden gillian greenford as he appealed to the perfidious knave dago in confirmation of his assertion but you did not leave without satisfying yourselves of the truth demanded sir thomas his lordship took care we should have no means of doing so she answered he caused diego to convey her away by a secret staircase death that was unlucky you have no proof then that it was the countess you beheld nothing beyond a lock of her hair which was secured by lady roos as the man was removing her that may be enough cried the secretary of state and prevent the necessity of resorting to this frightful expedient we must see the girl and interrogate her gillian greenford you say she's called she shall be called brought hither at once it is possible she may be without returned lady lake before i came here i summoned her in your name we will see cried sir thomas striking upon the bell and the usher appearing to the summons informed him that in effect the damsel in question was in attendance she seemed much alarmed sir thomas said the usher and has with her a young man who appears to take a tender interest in her and wishes to be present at the investigation let him come in with her said the secretary of state and seeing the usher pause he inquired if he had anything further to say his excellency the spanish ambassador and my lord roos are without and desire admittance replied the man sir thomas consulted his lady by a look and as she made no objection he signified his pleasure that they should be admitted and accordingly the door was thrown open for the entrance of all the persons mentioned gillian came first and seemed much embarrassed by the situation in which she found herself she had been well tutored for the part she had to play but the instructions she had received entirely fled from her mind as she found herself in the presence of two such awful personages as sir thomas lake and his lady both of whom fixed keen glances upon her feeling ready to drop with fright she looked at dick taverner as if imploring his support but this dick declined to afford his jealousy having been aroused by what he had heard he determined to be governed by his conduct towards her by the result of the investigation accordingly though it cost him an effort he held back as the gondomar appeared sir thomas lake arose and made him a profound salutation which was returned with equal ceremony by the spanish ambassador the latter however did not take a seat but remained standing with lord roos whose presence was acknowledged by a cold and distant bow from his father-in-law the young nobleman did not appear in the slightest degree disconcerted by the reception he met with or apprehensive of the result of the investigation he jested apart with de gondomar and both he and the spanish ambassador appeared gently amused by gillian's embarrassment behind him stood his servant diego you are handmaiden to the countess of exeter i presume demanded lady lake of the damsel i am my lady she answered the girl does not look as if the imputations cast upon her character can be true observed sir thomas lake as this was said poor gillian became suffused with blushes and hung her head before i put any further questions to her remarked lady lake i will ask lord roos if he still persists in affirming 
that it was this damsel who visited him last night dick taverner looked as if his fate depended upon the response the young nobleman might make to the inquiry i must decline to answer your ladyship's question returned lord roos why cannot he speak out muttered dick this uncertainty is worse than anything what says the damsel herself observed sir thomas lake does she admit the change you cannot expect her to do that sir thomas interposed lord roos i expect her to answer my question rejoined the secretary of state sharply were you in lord roos room last night he added to gillian oh dear i am ready to faint she exclaimed catch me dick catch me answer yes or no or i won't he rejoined yeah well then yes if i must say something she replied poor dill fell back as if struck by a shot i don't believe it cried sir thomas nor i either said dick recovering himself i don't believe she could do such a wicked thing beside it was the foreign ambassador there he added pointing to de gondomar who seemed most enamoured of her yesterday and i shouldn't have been so much surprised if she'd gone to see him perhaps she did he continued addressing the poor damsel who again hung her head i cannot take upon me to affirm that that such was not the case observed de gondomar have you the lock of hair with you whispered sir thomas to his lady i have she replied taking a small packet from her bosom the movement did not pass unnoticed by lord roos and the spanish ambassador between whom an almost imperceptible smile passed if you have put all the interrogations you desire to make to gillian madam said lord roos to his mother-in-law perhaps she may be permitted to depart the situation cannot be agreeable to her a moment more my lord cried lady lake if i detain her it is to clear her character i know her to be perfectly honest at this announcement dick taverner's countenance brightened and he extended his arms towards gillian who gladly availed himself of his support i am quite sure she was not the person i surprised in your chamber last night confirmed lady lake indeed madam how do you arrive at that conviction because the person's hair was jet black whereas gillian's as we see is of the exact opposite colour dick taverner could not help pressing his lips against the back of the pretty damsel's neck as this was uttered your proof of this madam demanded lord roos behold she cried the lock of hair was cut off before your visitant escaped and has remained in my possession ever since ha how is this she exclaimed as she unfolded the packet and disclosed a stress of fair hair evidently matching gillian's white linen locks what transformation has taken place witchcraft has been practised this is the countess's work the minion must have been there after all cried dick taverner thrusting gillian from him the charge of witchcraft will not serve your turn madam said lord roos derisively the explanation is simple your eyes have deceived you most palpably cried de gondomar who caught gillian in his arms as the jealous apprentice cast her from him i am afraid her ladyship cannot see very clearly i see clearly enough that a trick has been practised on me lady lake rejoined sharply but let lord roos look to himself i will have my revenge and a terrible one it shall be do not commit yourself said sir thomas in a low tone your business here is at an end fair maiden said the conde de gondomar gillian and as your lover abandons you i am ready to take charge of you so saying he led her forth 
followed by lord roos whose smile of triumph exasperated his mother-in-law almost beyond endurance for a moment dick taverner remained irresolute but his mistress had no sooner disappeared than he rushed after her vowing he would have her back if it cost him his life End of chapter twenty six